welcome to Earful of Dirt, the Major League Rugby podcast. Featuring Aaron Castro in Arizona, Liam Poach in Boston, and Craig Gridelli in New York City. For those of you new to the podcast, each week the guys share news, views, and abuse from Major League Rugby, the United States Professional Rugby Union, along with information on the USA national team. With all that said, let's get on with the show. And we're live. Welcome to Year Full of Dirt. I'm Aaron Castro, your host. You can find me at the Strobro on Twitter. Um, I changed my my display name for all those that want to know the uh, the Saved by the Bell reference is no longer there. Really? So, what is it now? It's 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 just it's just AC. You know, it's just AC. It's a simple. You know. Um, yeah, I, I guess, uh, you know, originally, uh, I it's been A.C. Slater for, oh, man. Great reference. Yeah, it, it's a great reference, honestly. Uh, it, it was A.C. Slater on there since I left the Army and was looking to get into public safety. Man, it's hot in here. Let me turn my fan on. I'm sorry. My name to Zach Morgan. To public safety at the time when I left the Army and – uh, it was, I just, you know, you, you want to cover your tracks and sort of not hide your social media, but make so you're like not searchable, uh, for not really like your employer, but, uh, but you know, criminals. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, if anyone wants to know, as far as the sports law stuff, the, the Saracens report. Uh, dropped uh, this, this last week uh, after Darren Childs was like, "Hey, you know, if if Saracens, you know, want it released, they just got to send a memo." And then next day, uh, their chairman is like, "Hey, we're we're gonna we're we're ready, you know, release that report." And uh, they sent the memo to the premiership, and you can read all 103 glorious pages. Uh, on the no, you can download it not just on the Premiership Rugby Limited website, but you can you can download this thick. If you want your own copy forever, yeah, piece of sports law. It's it, it, it's great. Um, I haven't actually had time, sadly, this weekend to dig into it. There's been a lot of people that have read it, and I'm not talking about journalists, but like more like sports people, uh, like sports lawyer types. And uh, when it comes down to it is they say they went and got legal advice, but the only legal advice they needed to get was from the premiership itself. And every single thing they did, they did without consulting the salary cap manager. And if they consulted the salary cap manager, the salary cap manager would have said, heck no. What do you think you're doing? Like that's, it was a, like what I've read, what I did read of the, cause I didn't read all 103 pages. It was, I, I skimmed parts of it, the parts where uh, Nigel Ray and their lawyers talk about how a salary cap is uh, illegal under European competition law. And then later on, like I went to, I jumped to another piece where they were talking about Nigel Ray said, no, we need a salary cap. Salary caps are important. I'm like, yeah, the the whole yeah, basis I of I'm not gonna read the report either. Uh, and there's plenty of articles out there. I'm just gonna have I mean, to rely on reports. But uh, I would it say seems like they were, let the 
man, you got what's what's going on with the internet over there again? Jeez, what are you doing? Oh, is it cut out? I don't know. It seems fine to me. Yeah, for, it's, for right now. it's cut. Yeah, um, you're getting blurry. You're gonna miss my handsome face. Well, hope, yeah. hopefully this is coming clear, but uh, yeah, it's, it seems like there was a a, a well established practice of disclosing these type of investments uh, with the salary cap uh, manager so that it could be signed off on. They didn't do that. They knew they were supposed to do that. So uh, to me, that is uh, all the things I've read, the articles I've read, that seems to be the most damning um, fault of the Saracens in terms of their defense that they thought these were fair investments. My, based on like how like because the there's like four levels of like egregiousness, I guess. Uh, like they got the second one, which was reckless, and not the the highest one is deliberate. And the reason why I think they got reckless and not deliberate is because they did consult a lawyer <laughs> that wasn't the premiership. So they could whatever. I uh, yeah, it's it's that's. I'm glad it's done is uh sort of and you know saracens like as a system and what they've done in the community and all that stuff that's important but uh i think they will be back eventually and uh that that doesn't matter but moving on to uh major league rugby this week uh we've had three fixtures uh no four fixtures have now concluded total on uh on friday there was the new england applejacks Hmm. The New England Free Jacks versus uh, the uh, was it? I think Ma- Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Is it New England Independence? I don't know. Marfu Independence. Not sure. Nerfu Independence. There we go. It's sort of a select side plus some ringers that are actually contracted yeah. to the Free Jacks. And uh, you know, it was it, it 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 wasn't close. And you know, Liam was there and he sent some notes over. Uh, if Craig, if you have this pulled up, you can sort of talk about that. If you don't, sure. One second. Uh, I, I don't know, but I remember mostly what he said. I, I remember him uh, mentioning they thought Tag Leader uh, had had a, a strong game and was looking strong in the preseason. He had, he said a report's going to come out later this week, so keep your eyes, eyes open for that. But some of the highlights I recall that he communicated to us. Besides tag leader, I think he said the set piece was working very well, uh, particularly around the try line. So they must have had, uh, you know, some good execution on some short range attacking opportunities. Um, but uh, yeah, like like he said to us, he's expecting to write a full match report. So uh, you guys can probably see that later this week. Yeah, it, I, I think that this week it sort of it gave them another uh, intense hit out against a uh, what is you know I would say is an un I wouldn't call them a free jacks B side, but that's with the amount of contracted free jacks that also got to play, I would sort of call that a free jacks uh, B side, and you know they are going to play uh, the I think they're are they playing New York. This week or, or something like that. I, I don't no. know. They're play, playing somebody. I know that. Yeah, no, not this week allegedly is going to be the Barbarian, the New York Barbarians uh, match. So uh, that's what Marie will be doing this week, I think. Uh, this kind we, don't, we don't have a score for the New York Toronto thing because I don't think they yeah. kept score because it wasn't. It was. 
the best way I can put it is that the way it was organized was a joint scrimmage. It wasn't really a game. For yeah, even you know, a scrimmage, I think it seems like maybe overstating things. It almost seems like a joint practice more than anything else. I mean, they didn't play, you know, continuous rugby that they, you know, they just administratively changed possession to run different plays. Um, you know, it was it was very far from anything that might be a reasonable contest that you might be able to judge an in-season match between these two. Uh, I was not there, but I talked to a bunch of people who were. Um, I'm told Toronto looked very good. Um, Basta looked good. I think Rooney didn't have all of their uh, normal starters, particularly in the scrum. And uh, from what I've heard, they struggled a bit in the scrum. Um, so we'll see. Again, it's about this even having the structure of a any sort of rugby contest. It's hard to really draw much of a conclusion from it. But, uh, you know, if you're a Toronto fan, from what I hear, I think you could uh, at least take a, you know, a feel-good moment out Mm, either kind of lost it for a little bit. Um, so the the next fixture that we had yesterday was the Austin versus Colorado game, and and this was very interesting. It was fourteen seven going into the half with Austin leading. Uh, the if you looked at what was going on uh, based on multiple reports, uh, Austin's um, set piece and scrum were doing very well, and Colorado was struggling. Uh, for the most part, uh, I, from what I can, I've heard because there wasn't a match sheet distributed uh, for the Raptors. Uh, there was one distributed for the herd, and the the herd in. If you look at that match sheet, I think about ten. This might be overstating it. At least five between five and ten guys on that match sheet don't have a Miller contracts that got to play. Um, I think it's closer to ten. I'm not sure, but uh, like Alex Rees is a guy that plays for the Huns and he's been vo- voluntarily going uh, to her practices just to get more experience. And, you know, maybe, he maybe break through and he, because of that time that he earned uh, during those, during the camp period, he has, uh, you know, he got 10 minutes against Colorado. He got to play in, you know, an MLR preseason fixture. Good for him. Uh, Colby Slater, who was signed for a game. Uh, I think it's Colby. Colby Stevens, not Colby Slater. Colby Slater was the USA Eagles captain in 1920 and 1924. But Colby Stevens, who uh, plays for San Francisco Golden Gate last, at least last couple of years, I think he's playing for Life West this year, uh, or at least that's who he's sipped with. And he's trying to get a contract with the herd because right now they only have Marcelo Torrealba as scrum as a scrum half on that roster. So that would be, you know, interesting to see what their scrum half depth will be like. But uh, in the second half, I would say Colorado's uh, back lines, uh, who, which has a lot of dynamic players, but apparently Digby Ioani and Rene Ranger, at least, I don't know if – they're in country. I don't. I don't. Um, they might be, but they, according to everyone else, because they are recognizable people, uh, they were not uh, at least on the field, uh, which kind of sucks. Because I saw some. I saw a highlight of uh, of Renee Ranger rearranging Brian Habana's face the other day, and I want to. I want to see that. In, yeah. I want to see that this year. 
just just uh, not not Brian Habana because Brian Habana has retired. He's like this ambassador. He's living the life. Good for him. I, I I wish I could. You know, I think he's like two years older than me. I wish I could just you know become like an, an HSBC ambassador for the World Series sevens and be flown around and be paid money to just you know do rugby without kind of doing work. It would be awesome. Wouldn't that be awesome, Craig? Wouldn't you want to do that? That'd be awesome. The guy, he's two years older than you, and he's younger than me. So uh, I guess there you have that. Uh, anyone who wants to offer me a rugby ambassador contract, reach out to my agent. Uh, so, yeah. Hey, but you know what I like to see is this – I mean, this is now a Western Conference interdivisional matchup here. Uh, so I like to see it quite – I don't know if you mentioned the final score. The final score is 22-21. Uh, in favor of Colorado, uh, but I love how close that is. And true, they don't have uh, you know Ranger or Yuane playing this week, so that they'll obviously be impactful players. And I think Aaron Craig, if I'm wrong, but didn't uh, Zinzan Ellen Puddick play ten for yes, Austin? He, he started at ten for Austin, and you know he's a like uh, he's a fullback historically. He played some wing here and there with uh, the formerly elite. Uh, of Austin and you know uh, he I guess you know in the, the the trend in the league is to take a fullback and make them play 10 like in the in the guise of Joe Peterson uh, yeah. I, I said that specifically I know Rodrigo Silva ended up playing some 10 for our for Austin Heard last season but um I, I said that specifically because Zinzan is South um South African um so I was just trying to connect that uh, for those who were paying attention, but uh, yeah, it's for the herd. I mean, if you're a fan of the herd, that this is a great scoreline. Uh, if anyone, there was like a thousand people at this preseason fixture. It was it was a festival of rugby. You had a high school game. You had three, uh, you know, Huns versus Blacks uh, matches at Burfield, and also an Austin Valkyries game. So very like the almost the entire. Austin rugby community was there and I was told it was like roughly a thousand people. So the, the bridges seem to have been mended a bit and we, we should see some good support uh, for the herd this season, but this game looks like the scoreline looks great. And the, the scrummaging um, from the sound of it, like that's, I mean, the set piece has been very important in the short history of major league rugby. So if you can scrum, if you if you have a symbiotic relationship between your scrum and your backline, you're probably going to be in the playoffs. If your scrum is really good, but your backs are horrible, you're probably going to be in the bottom half of your conference. If you're pretty cool though, yeah. Uh, but I and we know Colorado or, or last year, Glen, you know, they went by Glendale. Uh, didn't have a great scrum in 2019, so no, or 2018, uh, really, yeah. So yeah, well, 2018. Nobody nobody had a good scrum 2018 except Seattle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, it's, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And I, I again, I like the the idea that different teams are developing different strengths and weaknesses, and that makes matchups uh, interesting. You know, so uh, hopefully the herd at, you know, will be a competitive team this year, and you know these Western Conference matchups. I, I think what you'd hate to see is you're kind of a haves and have nots where San Diego, Seattle, maybe Colorado, um, you know, easily beat the other teams in that 
conference. So I'm hoping that won't be the case. And this is a, a good data point suggesting that maybe it won't. Yeah. I mean, uh, for, because if you, they struggled against Atlanta uh, last week for Colorado and, um, oh yeah. So Amy Schakowsky, thank you uh, for, for plugging in. Yeah. I completely forgot about the Texas BYU game. I know that BYU is on tour and they thumped uh, Texas A&M. I think it was Thursday night. Maybe it was Wednesday. Do you have the, Amy, do you have the score for the Texas BYU game? Cause I didn't see that one, but uh, yeah. So um, like eight games of rugby or whatever it was at, at Burfield. So really a great event. And that's sort of, that's really what you want to see. I mean, we sort of saw that a little bit last year uh, with uh, Colorado. They had the Colorado state championship as a curtain raiser for uh, a Raptors game. And that was their best game of the season. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's progress for, for a team that has struggled off the field and on the field as well for, for the herd and, and things are starting to look forward. Um, Moving on to this one was, I don't know what was interesting, but in the first half, it was it was like a point a minute. Uh, I know that the roster for New Orleans was mostly uh, set. I think only one or two guys uh, are really trying to gain starting positions, but they have. Uh, I, I know I read some stuff today about uh, the SaberCats and and both you know coaching staffs had have different things they were trying to achieve. Of course, uh, they uh, the coaching staff for Houston called up a like a I think he was nineteen a lock. Uh, named Maxine, Maxine Williams, Maxine. I, I, I hope I didn't screw that up, but apparently he's like the size of Travis Kelsey. So, um, if you can, if you can attract that type, attract that type of athlete, <laughs> all the power to you. We need those kind of guys coming through, but, uh, I guess he's playing mostly with the West Houston lions, but he was called up, uh, by, uh, coach Healy for that fixture. However, but that said, like, a, uh, you know, the gold scored a point a minute. Um, their set piece, uh, for the most part, uh, they, they dominated. I did uh, talk with Coach Osborne this week, weekend rather, um, after the game, and he said that, uh, you know, he, he they weren't happy with the performance. They actually thought they played very poorly, which is, you know, it's good to know when, you're, when, you, when your coach is like, we could have played way better. But they won forty-seven to twelve. Um, they had he had so they had some good things to say about the competition. Um, you know, uh, said things of like at least competing against Houston has improved. They just didn't click at all, which is one of the reasons why the scoreline was so lopsided. Uh, and you know, it, which is good because we saw the the Makos uh, go down there and beat them. By ten points, uh, it, and the scoreline did not for this week did not flatter the same guys. No, yeah. Um, yeah, which is interesting because they were so close to the macros last week. Um, so I don't know. Again, these preseason matches, lineups are changing. There's limited video, if any, so it is very hard to draw conclusions. Um, obviously, it looks good for Nola. A great luxury as the coach to be able to say you didn't play well when you score 47 points. Uh, but we know Nolan's a high power 
their offense. They brought back most of their talent from last year, so no reason to believe they won't be again. Um, you know, good outing for them, and we'll see how they do uh, next week. Um, for the next game, it just finished trying to find you. A scoreline was uh, Utah. Uh, versus San Diego. Uh, full-time was San Diego 61 points, uh, Warriors 14. Uh, the the Warriors were the victims of a lopsided scoreline to Toronto last week. Uh, I guess maybe that, uh, you know, that soft sort of knock the rust off preseason is probably just the right recipe for uh, the Legion. Um, they did two round robins uh, in a row the last two weeks against first, it was on back and old Aztecs and then on back and life West or no on back and Belmont shore were the first weekend and then on back and life West last weekend. But uh, you know, um, went over to Utah and, and beat them by 45, 47 points. 50. Yeah. Uh, good for San Diego. Uh, Utah, you know, they, they had a down year in 2019 compared to 2018. A uh, lot of new, a lot of changes there in the offseason. Um, so I think it's reasonable to expect that it might take some time to integrate the new personalities in the coaching staff and the roster. But um, preseason not that long. Uh, you know, we're only a couple weeks away from official MLR action. And uh, right now, Utah is not looking strong. Um, so we'll see what they can do before the, the regular season kicks off in a couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, Utah is probably, when I look at their roster, uh, compared to any other organization this year, this in from 2019 to going all the way back to 2018, from 2018 to 20. 20 um i think last year the least consistent roster was uh austin um but if we average it out over three seasons the least consistent roster looks to be utah this year and then they gutted their they gutted their entire staff sort of twice uh brought in new assistants last season didn't work out uh fired the head coach and let uh one of the assistants left on i think bereavement uh, and then one of the assistants was also a player coach and he was not retained and he decided to return to New Zealand. And that was, um, I forget his name. It's pretty good when he, when he got fit and played a little bit of 10 towards the end of the season when Tim, when they, you know, needed him, but uh, I guess it just didn't work out. And the new director of rugby, Brandon Sparks will be leading the Academy, uh, effort, uh, and then he also has Ben Nichols, who is, um, I think, is an assistant coach to Chris Latham, who is still the academy head coach. So they have a really big staff overall. They have, uh, you know, Chris Latham head coach. Well, they have a director of rugby, um, for one, who is not coaching. He's not coaching. So that tells you a lot about how they're, they're organized, which is great. Um, and then they have a head coach, Chris Latham, former uh, Australia International and then you've got Ben Nichols, uh, and who is a Zimbabwe Sevens International. And then, uh, not and then, but also you've got Sean Davies, a USA Eagle, now retired US uh, Eagle scrum half. He hasn't said he retired from playing yet. So perhaps, and hopefully not, 
if there's an injury, he might play this season for the Warriors. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think he plans on playing because he has not been training with the team. He has been straight up just coaching. And yeah. I think – and then you also have Sean Pittman, who was the Eagles scrum coach the last two years. Uh, he was the, the Seawolf scrum coach or consultant uh, in the first season. So they have a full staff. So rugby is a really process-driven sport, especially when you gut the, the ship. It It's – you know, a whole new roster there. They need to establish continuity, but they are going to need to improve the season as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm obviously these are all important, but I think Sean Davies as a coach, uh, hopefully not as a player is going to be so critical to what they do there. Cause they have attacking talent on that team. They always have, they just can't seem to string together, play through their halfback. Um, so, you know, br- bringing in someone like Sean Davies with all that international experience with nine, hopefully he could sort out, you know, whatever's happening in the middle of the pitch for these guys so that they can actually effectively employ their weapons instead of, you know, flashing the pen here, mistake there, and, you know, never able to actually build anything. Yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting, but uh, I, I guess their, their season is going to be a tough start. And that just, you know. That's just the way it is, I guess. Uh, but um, the before we get to the the final game, which will be at seven thirty Pacific time, there might be a stream. It won't be a full production, but I think I'm being tweeted about all sorts of stuff uh, right now about the game. So there might be a lower um, end stream. What's up, Theodore? Theodore's in the back, yelling at his dad. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Theodore, Theodore Roosevelt's uh, Gridelli in the background. Uh, but uh, so far in the first at f- for halftime, the Old Glory versus Atlanta. This is alt. This is like why is there ha- hashtag alt, alt OG versus alt? That makes no sense. Um, <laughs> it's like alt, not not adult, but alt. Come on, man. Uh, at halftime, it was seven to ten in favor of Rugby Atlanta, but so far, right now in the 60th minute, it is uh, 14 to 10, and the way the, the scrimmage oh, preseason, I guess the preseason scrimmage has been set up, they went to uh, four 20 minute periods, but they are keeping score. So, I guess that's yeah, uh, I guess oh, that's regular is, season when we have a break coincidentally. Every they're, 20 they're, pre- minutes. they're prepping, they're prepping for the very humid and hot spring of Atlanta. Uh, you know, when they play games down there in May. I imagine. Yeah. But um, the, the big... Yeah, yeah it's, it's for the glory now, uh, by the way. So, yeah. yeah, hey, that's also a good one. You know, two new expansion teams. These are East Coast or East Co- Eastern Conference teams. Um, both kind of question marks. Rugby ATL has been playing very well. Um, so this looks good because Old Glory is obviously hanging with them. Um, yeah, we'd love to see it. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to see these guys with my own eyes on TV when the season starts. Yeah, it, it will be uh, an interesting one, uh, right now. Uh, but the, the final game before we sort of get into transactions that will, man, so, so, 
that's like three hours from now. Uh, 7.30 Pacific time right now that I'm on the mountain. That's just uh, these late games. <laughs> me. These late games. Coast. These right. late games. I mean, I mean, this is probably why people live in Hawaii, so that when they wake up at 7 a.m., they can pop the beer and just start uh, just start watching football at 7 a.m., uh, sort of like how we watch the premiership here. You know, just – and uh, you know, games that don't sound great. Uh, but yeah, the the Sea Wolves uh, face off against the Mako. Uh, both uh, teams have extended rosters for this game. Uh, if you look at the Sea Wolves roster, for the most part, it is a lot younger than it used to be. Uh, it was, I would say, for the first two seas- two years of the league. They had one of the older rosters uh, in, in the league, but now you've got like guys that are just think about think about this. You've got Justice Sears Duru, Stefan Kutsi, Jeremy Leonard, Brad Tucker, Billy Tolutau, Riker Tadding, JP Smith, Ben Sima, I think Ross Neal. Harry Davies. So I'm I'm not listing the whole roster. I'm just listing guys who are like under 26. Like yeah. that's so that's like 11 dudes on the starting for 15 uh, that are under 26. And then you get into their the back half of their roster. Uh, you've got FP Pelzer, John Hayden, Jake Nicky, uh, Scott Dean, Nakai Penny, uh, George Barton, Joey Yosefa. All under twenty six, so two. I would say seventy five percent of this roster, that of twenty nine guys, um, that they will go up to no, total interchanges against the Mako is is under twenty six. That's uh, they they've now got one of the the younger rosters in the league, which is really impressive. Yes, Craig, my back. Yeah, it's, did you disappear? Yeah, I froze for a second. My computer's been betraying me of late. Uh, sorry, folks, but uh, hopefully the, uh, we'll be good for the rest of this show now. What did I miss? Seattle. Um, so so I talked to, like, yeah, basically 80% of the 29, I guess, who, like, of the 29 guys they have, 24 are, like, under 26. Impressive. Uh, we'll see what they do. I, you know, I think. I think last week I said I thought, you know, Mako might have a slight edge in this one. Um, seeing Nola's score against Houston, I, I'm now wondering if I, I wouldn't give a slight the slight edge to Seattle um, tonight. So we'll, we'll see what the final score is. But um, they are putting out a, a good roster here. So um, I think Seattle definitely has a, a decent shot at it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- and you know there were some transactions this week. The big one, man. Oh man, uh, Andrew Durotalo has joined the Seattle SeaWolves. Uh, former U.S. Eagle uh, retired from international play before. No, not no, not before. Right after the um, right after World Cup qualifiers, he retired uh, from yeah from both Eagles 15s and Eagles sevens and went off to a longer long-term deal with Ealing. Uh, and then there was, uh, uh, I think there, there was a bereavement leave put in there. 
uh, this year he was um, pl- playing for Ealing, and then uh, he had to deal with some family issues in Fiji before Christmas and uh, had not returned to Ealing. So I guess uh, for the most part, uh, he may return to Ealing after this MLR season, but uh, he will be playing with the Seawolves. Uh, so that's, I mean, we're talking about a guy with such a high work rate, uh, when he, he got to on a one year deal with Ealing the first time he played, I think it was in eight matches and was named man of the match six times. And then Wooster signed him for the rest of the year. So he'll, he'll do some things. Yeah. Great pickup. You know, great to see Duratalo back here in, in the States. Good to see just, uh, you know, I'm, obviously we don't know all the circumstances surrounding this decision for him, but, you know, it's good to see some of the players abroad finding um, opportunities in MLR that are compelling to them for whatever reason. Um, so, I'm you know, glad to see him back. Uh, the other transactions this week we saw uh, for, have all been from New York, really. Uh, the, the These are interesting. Um, two, one guy, uh, Kirk Hamilton, was re-signed, but two guys. Uh, New York is running a practice squad, uh, which is cool. Uh, two guys were promoted uh, from the practice squad. I think the first – let me pull this up. The first one was – the latest one was uh, Alec McDonald. Uh, he just graduated from Lindenwood uh, in June. He is a collegiate All-American, and he, I guess, no one signed him, and he wanted to play. Uh, and then a former high school American who, and, you know, Alec McDonald competed, and, you know, he got through camp, and uh, Coach Greg McWilliams said, hey, you, you earned it, and uh, I guess you guys need props, but you guys have a lot of props right now. And then the other signing in that announcement was former high school American who has been down with Bay of Plenty playing uh, club rugby in New Zealand, but uh, participating in the High Performance Ca- Academy uh, with Bay of Plenty is Jonas Petrakopoulos, who was a high school American um, and, you know, chose to, like, for, like I think he's 20, uh, maybe maybe 19. Uh, so a very young guy. Uh, the other one, um, that was signed from the practice squad was William Burke. Uh, so that, that was a great one. And then also a transaction for New York was Gavin DeMore Morrison was released to pursue, you know, a spot on the sevens team for the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, you mentioned earlier this podcast that um, the ability to scrum is very important. It's important in all of rugby. Scrubbing is one of the most important things a team can do, but, you know, in MLR, I think in its first two seasons, there's been even an outside impact uh, if you're able to be dominant in the scrum, which a few teams have been able to achieve in the last couple of years. And I think a lot, you know, this is all, this week we see a lot of action from New York, but I think this offseason in general you know, one of the huge themes has been front row depth, uh, presumably with this exact concept in mind that just it's proven to be very important and it's proven to be a exploitable element of the game in MLR. You know, t- teams that are good at scrumming are dominating teams that are not good at scrumming, which you see a little less, I think, in overseas when they're more evenly matched. Um, but, yeah, there's still that that 
thing to be exploited here in MLR. And it looks like a lot of teams this offseason, New York included, are trying to either fill those gaps so it's no longer a weakness for them or pump it up so that it's a thing they can exploit. Yeah, it's uh, – you know, you've got to, to do a lot of things here. And uh, my biggest thing is – New York has invested in American talent, especially at especially in the front row with with you know all four of those signings really, and you know there there has been some disappointment across the league for teams not investing in American talent and play in places that require significant specialized development. Uh, what are specialized development? Well, propping both loosehead and tighthead are pretty specialized um, jobs, especially, you know, the actual scrummaging portion. And then halfbacks has been the other thing that has been a criticism of teams in the league is they're basically going overseas for every single halfback uh, that has been signed, whether it's a scrum half or a fly half. And we haven't really seen, you know, certain Americans play a lot, Uh, but you know, uh, we're starting to see that uh, in some other teams coming along. Uh, I, I guess before we wrap this up, Old Glory has—they've uh, opened it up. It is now twenty-eight to ten over Atlanta. Looking good, Old Glory. So good for good for them. Um, and uh, their social media, uh, their Twitter account during this game has been pretty good. Uh, some pretty good tweeting in there. So, um, see if there's any fun ones to read. But uh, I, I suggest you take a look. Uh, that you know, it's some quality uh, banter there coming through, coming through the, the digital waves. Yeah, it's. Uh, I guess the the person who took over the Twitter account is called the Monument Man. I don't know why. Maybe his last name is Washington. For all I know. However, I think he does every other game or something like that. Cause he didn't have last week's game, but he is, he's kind of funny. If you're, yeah. especially if you're a neutral, if you're, if you're not a neutral, if you're not a neutral, maybe not. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm liking it. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that's all we got uh, for this week. Uh, we've been told of some news that's supposed to drop. Uh, it hasn't dropped yet. Um, it, it is kind of big. I think maybe I'm not sure. It might be small. But um, yeah, uh, Craig, are we gonna record next week? I think we said we were gonna take a break, but I guess we'll find out uh, if we need to. I think maybe we all do like a Saturday morning team juice to come. Yeah, and stuff or, uh, we yeah we might maybe maybe next week is when we move to Monday. That uh, might be what we need to do because I'm definitely not recording on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> American football guys, the Super Bowl is gonna. This is where. Thank you, MLR, for not scheduling your kickoff weekend on the same weekend. Uh, but like the ARC, like three years ago, was <laughs> the same. I, I went to the game, but it was the same weekend as the Super Bowl. Like, what are you doing? Hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. That's that's pretty much it. And we'll see you if not next week, uh, the week after that. Uh, after all these, the first round of games uh, gets going, and we will be back every single week of this season, uh, and hopefully we get a break before international starts. Oh, hopefully there's money to pay Eagles. 
Have there's some left over to pay the earful of dirt crew to travel with the team? Yeah, that 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 too. We'll, we'll volunteer as we'll, we will volunteer as the media team. Um, you just have to make sure we have hotel rooms. So that's it. Cheers, everyone. Later. On our way out, please note that all opinions expressed on this broadcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the beliefs or practices of Major League Rugby, its teams, or the league. Aaron Castro is employed by Major League Rugby. Liam Poach is employed by the New England Free Jacks. Their opinions are their own. Thank you for listening to Earful of Dirt, the Major League Rugby podcast. Connect with your hosts throughout the week on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Earful of Dirt. Or email your thoughts and questions to earfulofdirt at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next week. Until then, get out there and enjoy some rugby. Rugby.